0: Last Sunday, we began reading four verses of Scripture that have this little phrase in it, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Say that with me, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Remember now, that does not mean that he loved John and did not love the others. How many believe with me this morning? The Bible teaches that God loves everybody. No one is beyond the reach of the hand of love. It doesn't mean that he loved John, didn't love the others. Number two, it doesn't mean that he loved John more than he loved the others. Because the Bible said there is no very shadow of turning in him. He's equal. He loves us all the same. In fact, he loves you as much today as he did before you called upon him as your saviour. Romans chapter 8 said that He commended His love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So therefore, if that does not mean that He loved John and didn't love the others, if it doesn't mean that He loved John more than others, what in the world could that mean? The disciple whom Jesus loved. I believe this morning it's more on John's part Than Christ. You see I believe John went further. I believe John drew closer. I believe John dug a little deeper. He cultivated a more close intimate relationship. With Jesus than the others. John chose to follow him. John chose to worship him. John chose to get as close to him. As he could. John did not choose to betray Jesus like Judas. For the price of money. John did not choose to openly three times. Deny Christ. Like Simon Peter. But John made it a personal choice. And a personal decision. I want to be more than just a disciple. I want to do more than wear the title. I want to do more than walk with Him and watch Him minister. I want to do more than just sit at the same table or be in the same room. I want to get as close to Him as I can. And ladies and gentlemen, may I tell you this morning, it is a personal choice how close you walk with Jesus Christ. It is a personal decision how much of the fullness of God that you have in your life. Now, I want to say on record again, I'd rather be an old-time Christian than anything I know. But I don't want to do like some who claim the name Christian. They walk far off. There is no devotion, there is no love, there is no joy, there is no seemingly affection for Christ. And I want to love the Lord, I want to follow the Lord. I want the fullness of God in my life. You realize today it is your birthright as a born again child of God. According to Ephesians 5, not to be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter number, uh, Luke chapter number eleven, verse thirteen says, If ye then be an evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit unto them that ask him? And the question today is not how much of the Holy Spirit you got. You might want to ask, how much of you does the Holy Spirit have? Because there is a deeper depth. There is a higher height. There is a closer walk. There is another level to Christianity than just being saved. You want to know Him. You want to serve Him and follow Him and have His blessing upon your life. A lot of times, here's a verse of Scripture that's taken out of context. The eye is not seen, the ear is not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him. And I love that verse, and oftentimes they quote it referring to heaven. But you need to read that verse in its context. That verse is not dealing with heaven. I'll have to agree. I've not seen it yet. I've not heard it yet. I cannot imagine it yet. But that verse is talking about right now. It's talking about the present day Christian life we live while we're on our way to heaven. And ladies and gentlemen, the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, neither has it God in our heart. Just what God can do In our lives and in our churches and in our families. And I don't know about you this morning, but I want to be the disciple whom Jesus loves. I want to draw closer. I want to go further. I want to climb higher. I want to dig deeper. I want to do more than be a convenient Christian. A perimeter Christian. A far off Christian. A secret disciple. I want the whole world to know I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And he is not just Lord in my salvation, but he is Lord of my life. I hear people say, well, just drop me off on your way up. With that kind of attitude, you may not be going in that direction. Yeah, I'm going up, but I want to go in the first class. I want to go loving and following and filling God in my life. And we read those four verses. And every time you read that verse, the disciple of Jesus loved, there's a characteristic about John that stands out. That shows us how and the results of cultivating that relationship. Last Sunday we looked at John chapter 13 in the upper room. Where the Bible said that was leaning upon his bosom. Leaning upon the bosom of Jesus. One of his disciples. And that was John. And remember we said he sat where the others wouldn't sit. Simon Peter could have sat there. Judas could have sat there. But John chose to sit where he could lean on the bosom of Jesus. And I will remind you today in this sin-filled bad news, every time you turn around world, there'll be times you can't stand, but I'm glad you can always lean. And I'm glad what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. I want us to come now to chapter 19. we we'll read this verse, but I want to emphasize it just a moment. You say, now, Brother Joe, what does this have to do with Motherhood. Hang on. I'm a going somewhere. John chapter 19. Verse number 26. When Jesus therefore saw his mother. And the disciples standing by. Say that with me. Whom he loved. He said to his mother. Woman. Behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple. The one that Jesus loved. The one that's standing by the cross. Behold thy mother. And here's a very interesting statement. And from that hour, that disciple. Now what disciple does that refer to? That disciple. The one that was standing by his cross. The one whom Jesus loved. The one in chapter 13 that was leaning upon his bosom. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. you say, what could be so great about that? I'll come back to that in just a moment, but I'm itching to say this. Can you imagine the Virgin Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus, living in your home? eating at your table, involving herself in your life until she left this world. What a joy, what a privilege. And let me say this about the Virgin Mary. We do not worship her. We do not pray to her. We do not bow down to images of her. We worship Christ, we pray to Christ, we bow down to Christ. But we honor her and we esteem her because the Bible said that she was blessed among the women. God chose this little girl from Cana of Galilee to physically bring his son into this world. And even though we don't pray to her and worship her, we honor her and thank God for her life. But what a blessing, what a privilege it must have been to live in the same home with this woman named Mary until she ended her sojourn. Now you say, Brother Joe, what has that got to do with motherhood? Well, here we go. I believe outside of the call of the gospel to be a preacher, the greatest calling outside of the call of the gospel is the call to motherhood. There is no such thing as a birthing person. Only mothers give birth. And if you're here today and you're alive and breathing, your mama birthed you into this world. You ladies are going to love this statement. Are you ready? Moms rule. Mothers rule. You said, bless God, not at my house. Again, I say, moms rule. You say, why do you extol motherhood so great? Well, they rule in the fact that they birth the children and raise the children that do rule the world. Have you ever thought about this? Every king or queen had a mother. Every president or emperor had a mother. Every legislator, whether it's a congressman or a congresswoman or a senator or a senatess, has, has a mother. Every judge has a mother. Every policeman, every fireman, every teacher has a mother. Every preacher has a mother. Every missionary has a mother. Every doctor, every lawyer, every dentist, every school teacher has a mother in every facet of life, from the banker to the teller to the electrician, the plumber, the mechanic, the office worker to the grave digger. Everybody that contributes to society had a mother. Mothers rule the world in the fact they raise and birth the children that rule our society. And I want to go on record and say this today. There's nothing more beautiful and there's nothing more blessed than a wonderful kind godly sweet mother. You young fellows, you young fellows and young ladies that are in the courting stage. Young lady, don't you ever marry somebody Now, don't treat his mama right. Because if he don't treat his mama right, he's probably not going to treat you right. It takes a dirty, low-down individual. I'm trying to be nice. It's Mother's Day. To be ugly and unkind to their mother. And you know that verse of Scripture in the Bible that says, Honor thy father and thy mother. That never expires. That never expires with age and it never is excused away. And I want to say to every woman in this building don't you let what's going on in the entertainment world, in the sports world, even in the political world, degrade you one bit. You embrace being a woman and you embrace being a mother and serve God and give Him the glory. I love you, Jesus loves you, and Harvest Baptist Tabernacle loves you. Thank God for motherhood. And here we come to this text today. It's amazing how the Lord put this together. Trying to be that disciple whom Jesus loved. Being that one that draws closer. We not only see John as he sat where the others didn't sit. But in the text we read this morning, what else is John doing? The Bible said he was standing by the cross. Now, I want to ask you, where is Simon Peter? Where is Judas? Where is James? Where is Bartholomew? Where is Thomas? Where is all these other disciples? I'm wondering, where is the blind man? Where is the lame man? Where is the leprous man? I mean, just a few chapters before this, where is Lazarus that he raised from the dead? Where is that 5,000 men and women and children that he fed the multitude with the five loaves and the two small fishes? Where are all of those people that were benefactors? Of his miracles. You understand that he fed the hungry. He watered the thirsty, He befriended the lonely. He cleansed the leper. He gave sight to the blind. He straightened out the legs of the cripple. He healed the skin of the leper. He even raised a little boy from the dead. And he went home and ate supper. With his mother. Where are all of those. That received his miracles. And if I read my Bible right. The only people standing under the ringing of the hammer. The only people standing under the shadow of that cross outside of the satyrian and those ungodly Roman soldiers. If I've read it right, the only ones there is John, the beloved, the disciple whom Jesus loved, and a few women, and one of them, Mary, His mother. You know why he was standing when those other fellows wouldn't stand? Because he had been sitting where the others wouldn't sit. You see, when you've been sitting so close to him, you can hear his heartbeat and feel his breath running down the backside of your soul. It's going to take more than a cross and a hammer and three nails and a cussing outfit to run you off. You know who's going to stand for God when it's standing time? Those that's been loving Him. Those that's been worshiping Him. Those that's been serving Him. You know who will be the first to flee? Who will be the first to run? The first that a tuck tail and run? Those that's not cultivated that close relationship to Jesus Christ. Let me acquaint that to our day. Those that are not reading the Bible, those that are not going to church, those that are not praying, they'll be the first to run and flee and forsake the Lord when trouble time comes. But that person that's read His Word and called upon His name and walked in His Spirit and has served Him and has fellowship with Him and they got the fullness of God on their life. They will stand when nobody else stands because they love him too much to fail him now several years ago a wild man full of demons went to the columbine high school took out a glock millimeter and started mowing down teachers and students his target was a little 15 year old girl cute little blonde headed blue-eyed girl that everybody on campus knew that she claimed to be a Christian. It did more than claim to be a Christian. She lived like a Christian. And he hunted that little girl down in a cafeteria. And that demon possessed monster put that gun to that girl's head. And said you deny your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I'll let you live. But if you still name the name of Jesus. I'm going to blow your brains out all over this cafeteria. And that little teenage girl looked at that wildlife government and said, Sir, do what you got to do. But I will not deny my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. And she died in that dining room in that Columbine High School. I hope that time never comes. I hope that time never comes to me. I hope that time never comes to my family. I hope that time never comes to you. But oh my God, if it did, if somebody put a gun to your head this afternoon and said, if you'll deny Jesus Christ, I'll let you live. If you will turn your back on Jesus Christ, I won't pull the trigger and I'll let you live. I wonder how many of us, oh, to save our own life, would fall in that hour. You say, I'll tell you what I know. You don't know what you would do. I don't know what I would do until we're faced with the reality. But brother John, in my heart, I am hoping that I have enough affection and devotion and appreciation for my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because he has done so much for me. You say, are you bragging? I'm bragging on Him. Because when I say, He has done so much for me, you can be saying, He's done so much for me. I wonder if there's anybody gathered in this church house on this Mother's Day Sunday of 2023 that the good God of heaven and His Son Jesus Christ and the blessed Holy Ghost has been good to you. You say, where is the goodness of God? I'm not already in hell. Lost with that God forever. But I'm saved. And the Holy Ghost lives inside. And I got a home beyond the river. And joy unspeakable and full of glory. My daddy was good to me. My mama's good to me. My wife is better than me. I love her with all my heart. My kids are good to me. And I'm hoping one day my grandkids will be good to me if my money holds out to buy it. But I mean to tell you, Almighty, God's been good to me. Jesus has been good to me. The Holy Ghost has been good to me. And we ought to love Him enough and be so close to Him that when it comes time to stand, stand up for Jesus. You soldiers of the cross. It must not suffer loss Ladies and gentlemen He was not ashamed to stand at Calvary for you And we don't need to be ashamed to stand in this world for him If you're not ashamed of Jesus Let me hear you say Hallelujah amen." Amen Worthy is the Lamb of God Oh honey Come here brother Shane You're the only man in this church I feel comfortable enough to do this with. But when you've been so close, if you drop me, I will sue you. And I know a lawyer, but he'd been leaning. He'd been leaning. Shane must be nervous because I can feel his heart Beating the back of my back up through my chest. It's going to be okay. Amen. I still love my wife. Hallelujah. Me too. You're not yours, mine. But I'm glad you me. cleared that up. You yes. don't love mine, you love yours. Yes. Yes. I love yours too. But- Thank you, brother. We better go on. Oh, yeah. He's been leaning. Yes, sir. I can feel that man's heartbreak, I can feel his breath. I'm close to him. I'm just telling you, you get that close to Jesus. There is a place of quiet rest near the heart of God. I want to do more than say I'm Brother Joatha The pastor of Harvest Baptist Tabernacle In Jonesboro Georgia I want to do more than say I'm Brother Joatha And I claim to be a Christian I want to say I am Brother Joatha And I am madly In love with Jesus Christ The lover of my soul The savior of my life My rock, my shield, my shepherd My great high priest My lamb of God, my lord and savior I want to walk with him I want to talk with him I want to feel his presence Presence in my life and I'm telling you if you'll sit where the others don't sit you'll have the courage to stand when the others won't stand I didn't mean to make Mike Collins cry last week but you and I both did when these church doors opened back up after COVID your little girl walked in here one of the first ones to walk in here I said, Christy, you've been battling cancer. You might want to go home hunting. Be careful. And she said, I love the Lord, brother Joe. And i did have missed all the church I plan on missing. And, and bless her little old heart, she's in heaven. But I believe she's sitting right beside of the one. And I believe every now and then Jesus looks over at Christy and says, you loved me, didn't you? You worshipped me, didn't you? You invited me in your heart down here. I got a home for you up here. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I believe there's coming a day in America when all of us may have to pay a price and put our lives on the line just to name the name of Jesus. But can I tell you it's a name that is above every name? It is a worthy name. It is an eternal name. And it it's a holy name. And I'm just telling you, ladies and gentlemen, if we'll sit close to Jesus where the others don't sit and draw nigh, dive in, climb further, get closer, we'll have the ability to stand and the midst of these last days in which we're living. Because when you sit where the others don't sit. You stand when the others don't stand. But watch this in closing. There's something else I see that happened to that disciple whom Jesus loved. He's standing there beside of his mother. Now you ladies listen to me. Can you imagine what it was like when that angel woke Mary up, never had a relationship physically with a man and said, you're going to have a baby. There's people in this room that's been married for years. And if an angel woke you up tonight and told you you were going to have a baby, you would have a heart attack and then you would have a baby. And then you go tell your old man and he have two heart attacks. But can you imagine how she felt when those birth pains began to grow in her body? Knowing the angel said, What is of you is of the Holy Ghost. It's not of man nor the will of man, but it's of the Holy Ghost. The presence of the Most High has overshadowed you. Glory. Can you imagine what it was like in that manger when Jesus was born and he let her squall? Can you imagine hearing baby Jesus crying in that manger? You know what voice that was, don't you? The same one that thundered from the burning bush. I am that I am. The same one that thundered the law on Mount Sinai. Lord have mercy. That same voice, that same Jesus. Can you imagine what it was like, listen to this, having a child to grow up in an adolescent and grow up in a teenager that you didn't have to correct. That's almost as big a miracle as a virgin having a baby, having a teenager you don't have to get on to. I feel God right in here somewhere. (laughs) Can you imagine having a perfect child? Now, don't you come up here and say, I already do. No, you don't. You say, well, I I tell you right now, Brother Joe, when we get to heaven, I don't know how we're going to get our wings over our crown. You better wonder how you're going to get over your horns. Can I get an amen right there? Oh, can you imagine having a little boy And on his march, Smithmouth, he's standing in the river Jordan. And he's being baptized by John the Baptist. Thousands have done that. Thousands have done that. Oh, let me preach a little while. We ain't going to have church tonight. Gus, you and Mark, Shane, Tom, Cecil, y'all line up right there in a row. I'm going to be John the Baptist. And I'm going to baptize these boys real quick. The Bible said they came down to Jordan baptizing, confessing their sins. So this guy walked up, confessed his sins, and he baptized him and sends him on his way. The next fella comes up, he confesses his sins. Well, oh, I bet that's interesting. And he baptized him, sends him on his way. The next one comes up, he confesses his sins. And he baptizes him, sends him on his way. The next one comes up, and I know all of his, confesses his sins. And he baptizes him, sends him away. And here comes Cecil and, 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 and his wife. She knows all of them. And he confesses his sins. And he sends him on the way. Now, there stands Jesus. But he doesn't confess his sins. Because he don't have any to confess. And when John brought him, my God, I felt the surge of the Holy, hey. And when John brought him up out of that grave, the heavens rolled back and here come that dove. And there came a voice from the third heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him? Can you wonder how Mary felt when she watched him open the blinded eyes and turn the water into wine and and raise the dead? Oh, but can you imagine when she heard the word, Mary, they've arrested your boy. They've arrested Jesus. And he's in Caiaphas, the high priest house. Oh, they're going to crucify him in the morning on a Roman made cross. And boy as she's making her way down those dusty streets She comes out of that east gate And walks over the brook Kidron And as she works her way up Gordon's Calvary The place of a skull My God she can hear the ringing of the hammer And by the time she reached the top of the hill There he hangs naked And his bones and his flesh Beaten beyond recognition And there hangs her darling baby boy That we might come here Two thousand years later and say hallelujah what a savior and I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb My God, can you imagine how she felt when she heard him cry? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Can you imagine how she felt when he cried? I thirst. Can you imagine how she felt when he cried? It is finished. Can you imagine what she felt when she heard him cry? Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And she walks away from that cross and three miserable days. But my God, can you imagine how she felt one Easter Sunday morning when they came back? back from the tomb and said, he lives, Mary, he lives. Your boy's not dead. Your boy is alive. Thank God for the virgin Mary. there she stands, all brokenhearted, as her darling baby boy dies for your sins and mine. And I love how complete Jesus is. You see, he's nailed to a cross, so he can't move his hands. He's just got a gesture with his face and his eyes and his lips and says, Woman, behold thy son. You see, I believe Joseph had died. For some reason, Joseph had expired. He's not in Mary's life. Jesus had been her her caretaker. Jesus had been taking care of her. And he says, He's going to do it now, mama. This is going to blow your mind, but did you know Jesus had other physical, earthly brothers? And sisters. He was her firstborn. She had children after that. He had other physical brothers and sisters. And he didn't ask them. She didn't go home with them. Woman, mine, behold thy son. Boy, he looks down at that disciple. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're going to go in a minute. He looked down at that disciple that had been sitting where the others didn't sit. He'd been looking at that disciple that's been standing where the others wouldn't stand and said, woman, behold thy son. I see him as the blood dripped off his face. Son, behold thy mother as the sweat and the tears and the blood fling from that cross. Son, behold thy mother. And the Bible said... And the Bible said, Come here, Beth. Come here, Tom. Stand right there. Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. You say, What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Can you imagine having Mary, the mother of Jesus, at your supper table? Can you imagine having Mary, the mother of Jesus, tell your children a bedtime story? Can you imagine sitting around the fireplace one night? And somebody say, Mary, what was it like when you heard his voice? What was it like when you saw him heal?" What was it like when you saw him die? You know who got to serve? You know who God used in a great calling? That one that had been a sitting? That one that had been a standing? When it comes serving time, he got to serve. You say, I sure would love to do something big for God. I sure would like for the Lord to use my life. Well, climb on up. And sit real close and sit where the others don't sit and stand where nobody else stands, and when it comes using time, blessing time, serving time, you will be able to get in on it. And tradition says that Mary lived with John till she died. Can you imagine in her room? When she passed away, get a hold of that. Leonard taking them deep breaths. Hey, son. I believe he said, come on home, mama. You say, I don't feel nothing in that. I feel enough for me and you both in that. What a privilege. I got a lot of friends of mine that God is blessed. Boy, you get blessed, you get criticized. And when you're criticizing people you don't know, shame on you. When you're criticizing people that you do know, shame on you. And sometimes I wonder, why are they are being so criticized? Then I see the way they're being blessed. And I wonder how they're being blessed like that. And when you really get to know them, what you see in public, there are better times Christian than that in private. You wonder why they're being blessed like that. And then you see how close they sit, how firm they stand. Mama Roy, I want you to help me out here and want your family to come on up here. This is totally unexpected, but it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You girls and you men that's kin to her, help her. She sang a little bit this the other night. and It took my mind back 45 years. I want you to sing a verse and a chorus of Jesus, use me. And oh Lord, don't refuse me. Boy, here's the line that gets me, Michael. Surely there's a work that I can do. And, be, and even though it's humble, to help my will to crumble. Though the cost be great, I'll work for thee. We're standing all over the building today. Let me ask you, How close are you sitting to the Lord Jesus? How close are you leaning on the Lord Jesus? Where are you at in your Bible reading? Where are you at in your prayer life? Where are you at in your tithing record? Where are you at in your church attendance? Where are you at in your personal devotion with Christ? There's going to come a time we're going to be called on to stand. But we're not going to stand by His cross if we've not set in his presence. And I don't think there's a person in this room today that knows God at all that doesn't want God to bless and use their life. And while they're singing this today, let's fill up this altar with some folks saying, I want to sit there. I want to stand there. And when it comes time to serve, I want.